0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Civil Engineering Vibe podcast. Now in this podcast, me and Dr. R- we like to speak about different topics and topics like what we want. For example, startup, entrepreneurship, new trend, mental health and career and self-improvement and civil engineering and sometimes another thinking major. We like also to interview other people from other fields. So we like to get the expertise and how they can benefit us and benefit society. So let us jump to the episode and thank you guys and wish you the best. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, good morning, good afternoon, good evening from where you are. In this episode, we interview Mr. Isaac. Mr. Isaac Oxen is a professional engineer from the state of Utah and is practicing engineering for a couple of times and is a founder of the Engineer Academy where he taught people how to pass the PE and FE exam. And he has three daughters and one boy which he's just born. Congratulations for him and now he found out the world to concrete the thing he loves and he has a podcast called civil engineer academy you can go to his website dot com to check it also we have a great episode like he's very likable and fantastic episode we like many things like we we have in common with him so jump up on and let us go and check it take care bye so good morning how are you good 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 evening mr isaac i hope you are doing great how's things with you
1: Hey, I'm doing very well. Thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate it.
0: We should thank you because you were the one of the guests like who allowed to be invited on the podcast. So we should thank you first. To be honest, <laughs> now now it's just like like we should thank you first, but we thank you always to be to, to host us in our new podcast previously. So can you introduce yeah. more about yourself on about about to the audience about yourself? Oh
1: sure, yeah. So my name is Isaac Okeson. I am a practicing civil engineer. I actually started uh, my career in the utility world, uh, doing transmission engineering, so designing high voltage power lines. I graduated here at a local school, University of Utah, and later got a a master's from uh, University of Arkansas. But I've always kind of been in the utility design world. So I've been working on transmission lines and anything from about 46 kV up to 345 kV over here. And um, it's been a fun journey uh, working on all kinds of different projects. I think the the highest structure I've ever built uh, was about 196 feet tall, so almost 200 feet tall. And maybe you see it, you know, I'm in the Salt Lake Valley and you kind of see that one if you look out over the valley. <laughs> uh, anyway, so I've worked on a lot of transmission projects. Um, I've also been a project manager and helped to oversee nine consulting firms that did engineering work for us and uh, made sure that things were on target there. I've also been a, a supervisor, so I supervised a group of guys uh, doing uh, what was called project sponsors, and they would. These are guys that would go out and visit with customers about line relocations and raising lines and dealing with the money uh, and, and clearances to people. I can't tell you how many times we've got power lines out there and people are building garages or buildings underneath them, and then they don't check you know, until it's too late. And then they have to uh, pay for stuff to be raised. And they don't like that because it gets very expensive to raise those kind of things. But uh, so, you know, that's kind of what I've been involved with. And then as I was working, I started a a side gig called Civil Engineering Academy. And I started that because I was studying my, uh, to pass my uh, to get my PE license, my professional engineering license here in the United States, and I found it was a struggle. You know, it's a lot of material, it's a it's a grueling exam, and I noticed that I had a lot of extra material after I finally passed it, and I wanted to start something as a guy in the trenches uh, that could relate to other engineers that might be struggling to pass this exam, and uh, there's a lot, so I started that site um, giving tips, tools, and resources about how to pass it. And since then I've developed some courses around passing, uh, what's called the FE exam, uh, and the PE exam to get your license. And, uh, I've got my brother involved now, who's also a licensed PE and also a structural engineer. And so he kind of jumps on and helps as well. So it's just kind of this fun thing I do. And now I've run a podcast as part of that civil engineering academy podcast, uh, I don't know what else is going on in my life. I got three, I got three daughters and a son and life is busy. Uh, And and I work as still a civil engineer doing transmission design work. So it's been a fun journey. I enjoy what I do and I really enjoy helping people, uh, try to pass their exams to try to uh, get over the hump of becoming a, a professional
0: engineer. So
1: that's a little bit about me.
0: I feel you to be honest, because to be honest, all of us we started we doing this podcast as a part time. We're not doing it as a full time. So like we ain't no 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 none of us are Joe, Joe Rogan to be honest. Like if we were, <laughs> otherwise we'll be like famous here. So <laughs> none of us are Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, none of us are Joe Rogan here. So <laughs> we do it as such because we love it and we do what Tom um, Like I feel you. Like when I was like because to be honest, I was working previously in utility engineer as a utility. When I work one of the, one of the international company. So I mm-hmm. feel like what you have, you have to coordinate with the k but we are different. I used to coordinate with the authority there, you know, because the regulation, you have to coordinate what, you know, where to locate the nine and where to get the, the, the transmission. And sometimes it's conflict with another, with another yeah. utility. And it's going to be a hell of a, of coordination. And, and you have to use some software. Like there was three, some of the 3D software. Like we have to do it, like to locate things up to have it, the proper corridor, especially it. Each authority has its own requirement. Yes. So, uh, There's a like, lot
1: of requirements and little details, but you know, that's probably engineering in general as you dive into different areas. Though. Yes. Uh, and transmission has its own little quirks and details that you have to pay attention to. But like clearances and right of way widths,
0: all oh, those are part of that right of way puzzle. So, yeah, we got it right of way here. And mm-hmm. uh, I, I feel like because, especially when we start, no one has. Give us like the tips or two to do in an FE and BE exam. To be honest, because for example, like we here in the here, like if like for example, if we want to search, you can find a little bit of samples online. You can go to the internet, but you don't get who, who give who give you a tips or key tips. Because to be honest, like when we remember we do similar things like ten years back when I was doing the American when I was studying because we graduated me and running from American future, which is American system. So when we did like what's called, but if the there was no tips, only we have samples. And to be honest, like, they give you, like, you get, you have to get a whole general knowledge and it would be like, Oh my God, we don't know all of these things. <laughs> and <laughs> we just want to pass it. And that, that i like, that's a good way, like, you have to get people to, to get the, you know, the BE, how to get them to pass the BE and how to get. The correct way to do the BE.
1: Yeah, I mean, in college, people here are, are struggling to pass the FE exam because most colleges here require that for you to even graduate. And so, some people that might be the last thing that's on their mind that they just can't get over. Now, not everybody is that in that way, but sometimes people are struggling to get over that hurdle. And uh, so, we wanted—I wanted to start something to try to help them too. You know, help anybody at any stage. In that journey of trying to pass that exam,
0: and you have all the information all over the internet, and it is sometimes it's correct, sometimes it's <laughs> incorrect. So you need to need some expert guy who finish it from that. To be honest, <laughs> that's true. That too a fun. lot of the good stuff. Yeah. So like now, because you put now because you went into and you put it like an online course and put it online to the media, like to the internet, and put it like. I just an online course, to be honest. So mm-hmm. do you think that the new media like? Online courses, podcasts, YouTube, anything of these new media—it's better or the classroom, the normal way of the classroom. Because, for me, honest, listening to a podcast or listening to the evening from someone who's expert and who's already did it is a way better from going to the classroom. Maybe I talk with some professor who, who's maybe who's who's, a, who's a teaching a, the course from like fifty years and it just been like stuck with that system. Like, I wanna go to guy who expert who did it before. So, what do you think about it?
1: Yeah, uh I think you bring up an interesting topic there. So I think it depends on the person. I I I do know people that still do enjoy going to a classroom to learn from a professor, like being there in person with somebody. But the problem with in today's world, I think is that more and more people are busy. And you know, everyone's got stuff going on, whether it's family or your career, uh hobbies, things are travel. People are just all over the place. And the beauty of the internet is that you can you can dive into stuff whenever you have time to do it, and whenever your schedule allows. And the beauty of uh, of what I've created is, yeah, you can learn from somebody that's been been there and done it before, and you can do it at your own time. And so that that's really the the goal, uh, and I think that's where things are headed. And with COVID, it just accelerated the way people have taken things online to another level. And I do think that the landscape of education is is changing a little bit, where even universities are having to offer more online options. Uh, and COVID seems like that, that accelerated it. But I felt like I, maybe I was ahead of the curve maybe a little bit because I did create all these courses and I put them online. Uh, as on demand so you can jump on there and join the course whenever you feel like you want to and then listen to what you need to uh, when you need it so that i mean that's the whole beauty of of the internet and creating something that you can get on demand and now everybody is trying to do that as well but covid really accelerated that that whole landscape of education and how people are learning for sure
2: So, um, Isaac, you know, the civil engineering education landscape um, definitely has been changed. I mean, both of us, we have uh, the podcast as one of the platform. Mm -hmm. And we mentioned that we need the integration between academia and industry. Uh, What do you think for the common generation, uh, for example, the Gen Z? Should they do the balance between these two, the conventional way of going to the university, or they said just find the suitable one? There is certain formula they need to follow. I mm-hmm. mean, this is the question that I face it. Uh, uh, yes, as you said, many people they feel comfortable going to the college, but uh, long time ago it was a must. I mean, that you need to go to college. You know, this is a must for you to secure a job. But these days, according to the studies that. Um, the, the age to, to be an entrepreneur, the average is around 21. So what's your advice? Uh, I mean, there is a certain uh, method or structure or formula that you can advise the audience for the civil engineering
1: education? So a big part of civ- the civil engineering world, at least when I was going to college, is a lot of lab work. And that, maybe you guys can relate to that. You know, a lot of your college curriculum involved around lab work and actually getting your hands dirty, doing stuff like that. So for me, I think you would probably, uh, at least right now, and maybe this isn't the way in the future, but there needs to be a way of of taking that lab work credential, that that stuff where you get your hands dirty, and being able to translate that to doing something you can learn that online. But if there was, I think right now it's probably more of a hybrid for a civil engineer. I do think there are courses that you would definitely can take online. I don't see a problem with that. But I also think that sometimes where where uh, a particular subject requires you to either get out in a field or do a particular lab, it's probably better to go to a lab to actually see how that really works, uh, at least for your own experience. But, you know, with, with the way things are going, I don't Maybe there's a a good way to transition that to do something online where you're displaying everything, but then you, I don't know that you lose a little bit of, um, that hands on for yourself personally, I think a little bit. So in my opinion, I think for civil engineers, I think maybe a hybrid, uh, you could have a hybrid if you wanted to, there's some courses you could definitely do online, but where you have to do something a little more hands on, I think it would be helpful to be hands on. And also for civil engineers, a big part of being a civil engineer is the networking. Um, and this is why people enjoy going to college. I mean, not, I'm not saying that you can't make friends if you're doing it online, but it, it is a little more, you kind of find yourself in your own little bubble a little bit in your own world. And when you're forced to go to a school, you end up networking a little bit. I, I think you guys made it, met at school, right? So there you go. Yeah, so, to be honest, yeah. So I think, um, you know, a big part of re- the reason why people want to go to school is because of the networking and the friendships that they make. And sometimes you just don't get that same connection over technology. Uh, it can happen. Uh, it, it does happen. But I think people like being by each other sometimes, especially the first few years of college. So Anyway, to wrap that up, I think that if you, as a civil engineer, I think there is a hybrid uh, that you could have of both online work and uh, something where it takes you uh, to a lab or something to do something hands on.
2: So, so, Isaac, this is come, um lead to my next question. That now we have um, a bit uh, accreditation uh, for the regular conventional system. Do we need new accreditation um, program for the online? Like why we don't have a for the online courses? I mean, this is because as we see after this pandemic, we need an uh, rating system for the online courses that is globally mm-hmm. unified. So for us, once I see a program for any university, I can trust that for my son, he can go to a good engineering college. Well, what about the online courses? Do we need this rating system or accreditation, uh, accreditation system that support the online education and the civil engineering?
1: Yeah, I do believe that there should be something that could get, that would give accreditation to doing an online program. Um, I went to ABET accredited schools, and I'm the same way. You know, I wanted to go to an ABET accredited school. Uh, an accreditation, you know, automatically comes with uh, a certain status. You know, you know you're getting a certain quality of education. And I think that at the same time, you know, you really need to vet what kind of education you're getting. If you are finding an online program um, that claims that they, you know, have everything and can do everything, I do think that there needs to be an accreditation attached to the program that you're looking at. Uh, Obviously, there's already well-established schools out there that are ABET accredited, and they are doing more and more online programming for people. And I think you're probably safe to take those there, but you know, with any online education, be be wary of you know what schools you're diving into. You definitely want to find something that's ABET accredited if you're, if you're a civil engineer. I think uh, that that says a lot about the school that you're going to. But I agree with you uh, that uh, if we are taking things online. And everything goes online, let's say everything goes online for civil engineering, there needs to be an accreditation attached to that, whether that's ABET adjusting what, what their credentials are to meet that. Or, or if there's another accreditation that says this online program meets these certain qualifications, maybe that's the route we need to go. But yes, I agree with, with you that that is something that is very important and needs to definitely take place for online education.
0: So now to talk on that since you bring like the online education and everything in the lab, because um for me an i there is an idea it's a suggestion for me like some university can agree with some third party lab across the whole country and they can do the lab there if except to the near pipeline, for example, if you cannot do it, for example, directly with the university lab or lab tech. and this is an idea for me, for example, because to be honest, like I want to think of the online education can be helpful, especially if we can reduce the cost and tuition fees. Especially, you know, it's a hot topic these days that tuition and uh university yes. cost to be on. It's a very hot topic and you know, student known and there is then as I know in the US I think a trillion dollar, like uh, student known. like last career. Even here in the Middle East it's hard. Even we got there is a student non and people are going to bank and getting known to go mm. for education. So like if like for me as online education for me it's a way to make it more affordable to student to go and study for me. Yeah. So do you believe that that if we do it online, that cost will be reduced. Oh, that's a very good question. I think it will depend on the school you
1: want to go to. Uh, people will charge for status, so if it's a it's a good school, they will charge you for that. But I agree with you that education costs have skyrocketed. When I was in school, it was going up ten percent per like term. Like every time I'd go and register for more classes it was 10% more money. And, you know, over the course of a four or five year time there, it starts adding up quickly. And I've been at a school for quite some time now, so I can imagine what it's at now. And uh, and it just keeps getting worse. So uh, the cost of education is a real issue. Um, COVID has opened the eyes, I think, of people wanting to do an online education and wondering maybe why they're paying so much money for uh, buildings, parking, uh, all of those kind of things uh, that are, that are come with uh, colleges and universities. But uh, cost of education has always, I feel like it's always kind of been an issue, and people go into so much debt to get a college degree, and then when they get out, they realize that uh, that uh, the job or career that they have isn't going to pay that off very quickly. So you have to be, uh, a part of this is just making good financial decisions. A lot of people can go to school and come out debt-free. It depends on how you're doing this. And I worked for a job, when I went to school, I found a job that worked, uh, that I worked at that helped me fund my education. I I was purposeful in finding a job that would help punt fund for my college education in some part. And you can do that way. There's a lot of different ways you can try to fund it, but if you start tacking on the student loans, yeah, you can get in a hole really quickly. And I do think online education is 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 a way for make to make things more affordable. My my only issue is that I think if you're going to go to a a school that's maybe got a really high reputation, they will still charge you for that high reputation. That's my
0: thoughts. <laughs> uh, I got you. Up. I got you about that. Too. Especially when you go, like, especially some universities like the Ivy League, and this one gonna be yes. hard to, a hell of a hell of money. But for example, <laughs> I have another question. Like, for example, like education system is a way. Like for me, I call it the medieval. I call it the education system now. Know it's, the current system is medieval. Especially they don't okay. They teach a technical skill good for them, give them a band, they have got a stamp. But for example, like, uh, what about uh, for example, the soft skill, because they never taught oh. a soft skill like communication, interpersonal, emotional intelligence skill. So what do you think about that? Should be taught more in the university skill?
1: Yeah, so what people realize when they get out of school typically is that they use maybe a small sliver of what they actually studied. And and that, that doesn't, doesn't mean that you're going to be involved with every subject matter that you've studied. But, and it's helpful to know those other areas because you might rub shoulders with people in those other areas. But what you end up discovering is that um, you have to be good with people. And people talk about these as soft skills, but in truth, they're really just people skills. How do you talk and interact with people? How do you communicate well? you know, when issues arise in your project, do you just ignore them and try to solve them on your own? Or do you talk to people about them? You know, do you bring it up with your manager? Do you, I've seen issues where we've had projects and an engineer, you know, there was an issue on a job and they didn't talk to anybody about it. And those are the problems that get escalated very quickly and come down on you very hard. Because if you're not open, uh, about issues when they come up first, or and you're communicating with people, hey, you know, this came up, and you fire a quick note to everybody that's involved on a certain job. Uh, and it, typically, people are very f- forgiving, uh, in that they want to find a solution to the problem that. If people are just there to point fingers, then that's a that's another deal. But yeah, soft skills or people skills is a, is something that engineers often are looked at at lacking, and uh, that also includes writing. Uh, you know, you're going to be typing a lot. You're going to be writing emails a lot. You're going to be writing papers a lot. I was asked to write a paper at work. <laughs> you know, these are things that come up. And so you kind of just don't know what's going to come at you in terms of those things but the soft skills and people skills uh you go through so much engineering work uh at college and a lot of colleges do lack on teaching you real good I mean they they lack the people skills kind of course the soft skills that you learn. I was fortunate when I went to college that I think it was the last class I took they they brought in English professors they really wanted to hone engineers writing and speaking, um, but that kind of catches people off guard. You know most engineers go into engineering because they don't want to do speaking and they don't want to do English and writing. That's why they went to engineering in the first place but But what they find out is that you still are going to interact with people, and so you really need to learn those skills um, and you if you want to be better at them, you have you need to practice them practice something. If you want to be better at public speaking, or even speaking in general, one of the tips I have found, and this goes to parenting, shout out to the parents out there, I have found reading books to my children out loud helps me to be a better speaker. And I don't know why. Maybe it's just saying stuff out loud uh, and reading things out loud. But I have found that reading out loud helps me to say words coherently, speak clearly, and and that's a fun thing to do. So the point is, is that if you want to be better at something, learning soft skills that are going to help enhance your career, if you want to be a better writer, then write. You know, Maybe keep a journal. If you want to be a better speaker, practice speaking. Read, read out loud. Do those things that are going to help you be a better speaker. But yes, the education system lacks that for civil engineers. Like you said, it might be a little medieval. Uh, you're not going to be stuck in a book your whole career. You need to talk to people.
2: So, uh, Isaac, you know, there is no new way to get your university degree. It's called apprenticeship. So, um, like, there is many universities that, you, especially for the people who miss the opportunity to join college in the young age, they went to the industry, and then they want to get a new university degree. And me and uh, Atif, we uh, host... Um, I guess that she's doing her degree by the uh, apprenticeship route. And this is a combination that you do your academic work, but somehow with hands-on. And Mm -hmm. uh, it was very interesting when we we interviewed her because she said, I'm feeling what I'm I'm studying. It's not a very conventional way, but uh, I don't know, Atif, you want to elaborate about that episode, you know?
0: To be honest, yeah, it was like it was an advertised advertise program where she studied and work at the same time. And the business, the contractor or the company who work in, she can, they, they will pay for her education. It's similar like the co-op, mm-hmm. but the company will sponsor you. So if you know the co-op in North America. And she start, she, start, she didn't go immediately to college. She started working in that firm at the beginning. And during that firm, she started taking education as a part-time where they're working full-time with that firm. So do you think that these programs that advertise or co-op program or like you go career fairs and you go education is better? I think I
1: think so. I think if you can get out in the field and actually experience something, it will help you to refine what you want to do. So, you know what I mean by that is like people don't know what they don't know. If you are in college and you're earning a civil engineering degree if you can get a co-op or an apprenticeship or anything that's going to help you, an intern uh, that's going to help you in, the, in a field and discover something about that field, that's only going to help you because you might find out that you know, in college you liked water resources because you got an A, but then you go and work in water resources and you find out that all you're doing is writing 30,000 reports and you don't like that maybe you don't like that. And so it helps you to discover what you like and don't like about the field that you're about to go into. And so uh, I think it's good. If it's going to help pay for your schooling, that's even better. But if you're gaining experience in a field, uh, I think that can only help you is my thought. Uh, A lot of people don't get that experience. So Some people go and just go through all of college and then they get out of college and they maybe not be sure which area that they want to go into for their career without any any working experience. And so if you can get any of those opportunities, I think that's good just so that you know which area you want to go into. It'll help you.
0: Another question I want to ask then you bring that because, you know, co-op and these things are really fascinating to me because to be honest, like, so because I agree with you, for example, for the co-op and these thing because, for example, you can even even I'm even, even when I'm thinking new student, what's he gonna know? What do you want to do? Because you know, when we graduate, we don't know what to go in from the high school. Mm-hmm. So I told them, take a break, do internship if you can, like in one of the firm, and see yourself, like do internship like in the first firm and see yourself. You gonna like civil engineer or not? Maybe it's even it's not your cup of tea at the, at the big at the end. Maybe you want to do something else. For example, you don't have to stuck and even you can earn. It, because for example. Me and Garan, we go to the conventional layer where we took a full-time student, four years. Because to be honest, I was assuming that I'm gonna do design all the buildings using ETA for the rest of my life. Then I discovered this is not what you do when you can work. I was I went to somewhere else to infrastructure and on and got an into to the site. It was two different career. So like to be honest, I, my which even was my at the end of the year what my was my passion is to go to to design building goods and the eat up if people know what we need up the design software for design the structure of you know of the building. So I was was so fascinated of that. So what do you think about the people like you also be able to take a break and take internship before to go to the university or directly go to the university because in the Middle East, oh my god, you graduate in May, you September you'll be in the college. Because you know this is an Arabic mind and Arabic st- stuck mind. You have to finish college as soon as possible so you can go to the work.
1: Yes, I agree. I mean, getting your schooling done is is a very high priority. I get that. I wanted to get school done with as soon as possible. You know, because the sooner you can finish school, the sooner you can like you know work in your career. Uh, but I I totally agree with you. You know, w- once you start this this journey into civil engineering, don't I, w- I would just say that don't feel like you get stuck in it. If you if you don't feel like you're going to do well in a certain area, there are a lot of different areas that you can end up going. Um, you know, I just talked about my own background. I started as an intern. I worked as a civil engineer. I've been a supervisor over people. So if you want to be a manager, you could go into that. If you want to go into academia, you could go into that. Uh, if you want to um, become a project manager, which takes you <clears throat> out of civil engineering and doing the numbers and working with people. You know, people say it's like herding cats because it's a lot of information coming at you. And you, But that's, you know, you can go into a lot of different areas once you get it. So don't think that, I would just say that, you know, once you get into civil engineering, don't think that that's kind of it. You know, there's a there's a lot of different roads you can go uh depending on what your interests are and some of those you might not know until you experience them yourself so you know if you if you're an engineer and you want to experience project management i say go for it and it'll it'll help you define what you want to do in your life uh but for those that are uh like you said debating on coming out and getting an internship versus starting college i would i don't know if it's possible but i did those at the same time so, you know, I was working as an intern while I was going to college, and most employers allow you to be a little flexible with that ability to do that. But, I mean, if you can do that, I, like I said, any experience you can get in addition to the education is good. I would always recommend you de- you definitely have to work on the schooling. you got to get that done. It takes a long, long time. Uh, they might say it's a four-year degree. It usually takes people five years, and so it does take quite a bit of time to get through the degree. And there's a lot of credits that are needed, so you know try i would i'd say focus on your education and see if you can get the internship stuff while you're still working or going to school if you can
2: <laughs> so Isaac I have this question for, like from many of my friends and also my students um they asked me with the the industrial revolution the fourth Industrial revolution with the a i Do you think that civil engineering can cope with this? Many people, they think that civil engineering will be vanished. That is the old system of engineering. Mm. Personally, I don't because I believe that civil engineering um, have been there, it will stay there forever. But they have this concern that uh, should I be involved in civil engineering? You know, everything is going towards cloud computing, AI, uh, IT, IoT. So What your advice? Do you think that no, civil engineering will sustain? It just will be evolve with different presentation. My second question about safety. I know that your kind of work uh, require a lot of safety. You know, there is um, construction in general. They are notorious by their bad safety due to the fragmentation that of the system. How we can improve it? So I have these two questions for you.
1: Yeah, those are good questions. So the first one to deal with AI. Uh, I think that AI will be a huge uh, influence on civil engineering. You can already see with software how advanced software is in the civil engineering world. Uh, We're not building anything these days without some software to assist us in building that. And if AI advances to where it can help assist us in getting some of these models built, I think that would be an advantage. But I I still think that civil engineers will be needed. The career growth and track for civil engineers is projected to be very good, Uh, and that's just year over year because uh, our population is increasing, and we need more roads. We need more infrastructure, buildings. Uh, Engineers influence every aspect of our life. Water, the water we drink. the Buildings we use, I keep the lights on with my job. Uh, so it's just a lot of different areas. I don't think that AI is going to take over civil engineering careers and positions. There will always need to be uh, a civil engineer that is end up and uh, that is at the end responsible for what is being designed. Uh, are we going to have AI stamp drawings? Uh, I don't think so. Uh, you know, are they going to be the professional engineer that signed off on something? And I don't think anyone's going to buy off on that. They're going to want a, a human touch that's looked at, reviewed, uh, analyzed, checked something, and, and uh, the, to be the responsible person that's designed something uh, the best of their ability to keep people safe. Um, so that's my thoughts on the AI. Um uh, yeah, but AI stuff is is taking off, I think, and it's going to be exciting. Uh, for the construction question about how do we improve safety, uh, it really starts at the top. Uh, and what I mean by that is your leadership. And so if your leadership cares about safety, then the company and your workers will care about safety. If they don't care about safety or it's not high on the list because they just want to get the job done. Then you're going to have accidents, and it's it's going to be bad. And so uh, you need <clears throat> my advice is for companies to create a culture of safety, make it a priority. And people might get sick of hearing your safety messages and things of that nature, but you have to have processes in place, and those things stem from the top. So they start they start at the top. Of the leadership chain, so the president of the company, the CEO, whoever is is in charge, uh, needs to make safety a priority, and and hopefully that gets trickled down to the rest of the employees. Because if it if it's not starting there, you're going to be in a world of hurt, and people are just going to get hurt all over the place at the expense of trying to finish a job early or just getting the job done. So. Um, those are my thoughts on safety. Safety is a, is an issue. I work in the utility industry and you can imagine that, um, safety is a big priority there. We do have people die. Um, you know, when they're not careful around energized powered lines, you know, uh, they can, it can be very dangerous. And so if they're not following proper procedures, following certain, um, codes, then they can get in real trouble. And what we have found, uh, and at least, in my experience, is that the reason typically that people have accidents, it's it's usually not the new, the new guy on the job. The new guy on the job is hyper aware of what the dangers are around him. You know, he doesn't want to touch that. He doesn't want to get around that. It's usually the guy with a lot of experience that's just gotten a little laxadaisical in knowing everything about everything, and he knows how things should work. And he gets a little lazy on on a procedure. he gets a little lazy on checking something, and those are the guys that I have typically seen that usually get in trouble, which is unfortunate because they're usually the ones um you know that are higher a little higher up in the in the career ladder so anyway, those are my thoughts around safety it's always a it's a very important subject and one that's definitely uh should be top of mind for employers.
0: I agree with you because when you said about the safety and the safety shall be later, I was gonna jump about my share because to be honest, I feel you and I resonate completely with that because I work in one project where that sometimes you know some because uh, sometimes like uh, like I, the project manager like even the that, you know the project director of the of the company. He's a knucklehead. He never wears <laughs> a safety helmet. He never wears the, the BBE stuff. Okay, he never mate. wears anything. He's so, yeah, he's so knucklehead. Like he's like, I'm 35 years old. And nothing happened. Got, was got blessed Despite we have strict regulation and we have strict safety with steps, but he's a knuckle. And when I go to any Injury, he said, go first and convince my manager. So, I really feel you about that, and Lira, really I feel that. And I agree with you what you said that when the manager, when the, the most of the accident happened by the experienced guy. Because I remember one of the projects, there was an accident caused. It's not like a new guy. The, the person who caused the accident was the safety officer himself. Okay. Well, he, he already injured himself. The safety officer himself injured. Oh, no. they say, and he's not like, he's a senior safety officer who injured himself and he, he broke his leg. Uh, so like so like see? when you ask him he said it's okay it's okay I do this every day it's okay nothing happened <laughs> what the you break your leg now uh, <laughs> so yeah I <yeah>, not <laughs> that, and yeah uh, regarding the AI I completely agree with you for example yes AI will be un- yeah you will be injury will be most working in creativity to be honest like I know the AI will do the thing that the injury will not going in like the repetitive work or the automated work will the, the, none of the engineer want to do it like it's a boring stuff you know mm-hmm. where the engineer would be more creativity so I understand AI would be helpful for the civil engineer it will never be replacing civil engineer at the end because you need the engineer to resolve the complex things or to get creativity because the creativity still within, AI cannot reach to the creativity level this is my personal opinion to be honest so now because really when you bring this question like do you think like now now the new technology like the Internet of Things and Cloud Computing and AI and AI will bring like, for example, like uh, the AI, the creativity thing will be a good support to civil engineer rather than an enemy?
1: And Yeah, I do. I think it'll be a great support. I think projects will get done faster, um, which is what everybody loves to hear. So I, I, I think cloud computing, uh, I think all of those things are a benefit to civil engineers as a whole and to society. Um, I I think it'll be a good thing for projects to be able to compute things quicker, share things faster, uh, hopefully have more security around things as well. So all of those things can be, I think, very helpful uh, to
0: to the world of civil engineering. What do you think? For me, it, it will be it will be supportive. Like AI will be an extra, extra. as I said previously, like it will be extra support. For example, like for example a new, it will help a new technology. For example, let's assume... Uh, uh, like BIM, for example, if we know about BIM now, now the new technology of BIM, BIM does solve many conflict between CIVIL and MEB and other, you know, if mm-hmm. people know what BIM information modeling as 3D, like now we can have like the 4D now, we can, we, we put that time with it, and we see a lot of conflict, a lot of delay, we can forecast an upcoming, maybe, proper tech delays. For example, this is one thing, like we did it with one, one project, we did the BIM, we, we can, we sometimes say some conflict might cause a delay in the project. There are some projects now we start implement. Like I, I went to an article a couple of days back where they're using virtual reality to show to the to the, to the people how the project will be go by virtually. Like you can un- install the 3D, the virtual reality hmm. and the client himself can see the whole building, like, you know, the apartment and everything. So it will be easier for a client, you know, to give the document because if you, you, know, most of the, sorry, but most of the client are non-engineer and they will not understand the 2D drawing, a 2D layout. Yeah. Like. For example, if you build a single family, for example, like we call it a villa here for single family. Like when you start, when you start, most of the client will not see, like, the, yeah, what is the, tear and this and the conflict. But when you see the virtual reality and you see the client, he understands, okay, I want to change the balcony here. I want to change the swimming pool there, you know. It's easier now because if you do it in the construction term, you kind of have got to be skyrocket up and it'd be, so now one of the questions like could I put our podcast how, how you start started the podcast? Because there are a few people doing civil engineering podcasts. I know until now only five people, to be honest.
1: <laughs> so the podcast. So I I this can tie into the role of entrepreneurship, I think, with civil engineering. Um I think more and more engineers are looking to be entrepreneurs. And podcasting is part of that. So the reason why I started a podcast is because I already had a website. I was already trying to help engineers with their studies. I already had material involved there. And so it was just a natural progression for me to start a podcast and talk about these issues with everyone else, whether it's uh, your engineering career, whether it's passing exams, whether it's other topics, including financial, saving for your future, any uh, you know, topic related to civil engineering that's going to help engineers, I'm all about. And so it was just a natural progression for me to move into that space. But um, you know, I, I do think there are more engineering podcasts uh that people are probably looking at starting. We're now seeing podcasts that are really granular and specific, like geotech or structures. You know, maybe I should start one on um transmission design. I don't know. (laughs) Why not? what I'm saying is like, yeah, why not? Is like podcasts are exploding. People are definitely catching on to those. It's another avenue for people to find uh, a piece of knowledge they want to find from someone that's living it. You know what I mean? And so that's how I started my podcast. I really wanted to just get the word out, not only about Civil Engineering Academy, but also talk about... uh, this space with other engineers and help people get a vision of what's out there. And what people really appreciate about podcasting is that they can see the struggles that civil engineers have, they can see the successes that they have. and hopefully that excites people whether you're you know whether uh, you're debating on coming into this field or not. it gives you an overall picture of what what we're all about to try to help society out. so and and then how that ties into entrepreneurship. Uh, I think engineers are. Um, I think they have a, a lot of innate abilities to become an entrepreneur. I think engineers want to make money. That's why they're going into this field, and uh, not not the only reason why they go in this field. Yeah, but it can course. be lucrative. Hell yeah, of course. Yeah, <laughs> you can make money. Hell yeah, in of this course, you need to
0: make money. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so yeah. <laughs> uh, I think also what people discover is that they're not going to be the richest man in babylon like they're not going to be the richest guy in the world as well when they get into civil engineering it provides a very steady predictable great you know income for for a family but uh, at the same time people also end up trying to find side gigs and doing things on the side that could maybe supplement some of that or increase their revenue a little bit. And so actually one of the projects, actually this brings up an interesting topic. One of the projects I'm currently working on is is helping engineers become entrepreneurs and helping them do that online. And so I actually created a site. I'm working on it actually right now. It's, called, it's gonna be called Late Night Entrepreneur because most people work on this stuff late at night, after their jobs. Welcome. <laughs> and uh, I'm creating a course to help engineers. I'm gonna call it Engineer to Entrepreneur. And I'm gonna try to help engineers, no matter what discipline they're in, try to learn how to take what their hobbies, their specialties, what they like, enjoy doing, and putting it online for people to help them out. So I, And this could be related to engineering itself, it could just be related to hobbies that they find interesting outside of engineering that they that they really enjoy or or anything of that nature so maybe you have a special talent or something you're already doing maybe you're a coach maybe you're doing something already and just trying to make that something that you can profit from online and and create a business around because engineers when they when when an in, when an engineer says i want to be an entrepreneur or someone says you want to be an entrepreneur. What they're thinking about is, I have to start an engineering firm. I have to start a company. I have to be a professional engineer, and that's gonna, like, that's gonna be a headache. Uh, but that's not that's not necessarily true. You have you have your personality and experiences that can translate to being an entrepreneur in the online space, and the internet has just exploded that, and so. Anyway, that's something I'm kind of working on, and I think that engineers can definitely be entrepreneurs because you come with special abilities, and that includes that you know how to get through tough subjects. You know, gr- you know how to. Uh, you have grit. You know, you can get through tough things. You know, you're learning how to deal with people in difficult situations. You know, y- you're working out on a field in a construction project, and you're talking to people, and you're de- you know how to deal with conflict and issues. I think all of those things can translate to being an entrepreneur very easily, um, in my opinion. So, anyway, sorry, that was a long story about podcast and entrepreneur.
2: So, so Isaac, maybe I, I just add this advice that um, why engineer, they can really succeed in entrepreneurship because of their structured thinking. I mean, you don't need to have engineering project, but you can use your structured thinking that you learn through your courses because most of the creativity start when you start uh, using the structured thinking and you eliminate the waste process. This is how the lean management and lean manufacturing start with the stru- uh, structured thinking. By structured thinking, you can assemble uh, some steps. You, you rearrange something. So and this is why I said uh, mm-hmm. using the stru- uh, structured thinking, this is the main advantage for engineers to be a really good uh, entrepreneurship. Then you have this marketing and networking side that I think, as you said, soft skills or people skills that can boost your idea.
1: Yes, I agree. So, yeah, uh, you have a structured thinking. You can, put, you can put pieces together in steps. You can create something that uh, follows everything that you've learned. Uh, and civil engineering has helped you uh, learn that kind of process and system. And then you can tack on the soft skills, the marketing, the uh, other stuff, Um, you can even work on that later. Those are things we're all working on. Everybody works on. And so you can, you can work on that too. So, yeah. And, and to be honest, if an engineer wants to get into creating their own firm, there is no problems with that either. Uh, you can do that as a, as a free freelancer, you could start doing your own little projects, or if, if, if you're ready to take a jump, you could start your own own business, your own consulting firm and try to do that, do it that way too. So, I mean, those are, again, that's just another one of those different avenues that everybody could take. Um, I gravitate towards creating something online and that's really why I wanted to start this other little side gig of mine, uh, this late night entrepreneur thing. So we'll see how that goes. But uh, I think everybody uh, in the civil engineering space has a system in place. I mean, you've learned the tools. Uh, to eliminate the waste, um, you might not be a, a black belt and, and know the Kaizen methods but uh you know those are i think you're right on I think
0: engineers can be entrepreneurs very easily I agree with you to be honest yeah uh, because to be honest for me like because when i when i was i graduated from civil engineering, I know I know only two things either you work in a firm, consulting or you be a contractor, even with I work with my dad and I opened and decide four businesses before mm. five businesses. I failed all of them, it's okay, fine, with the, from construction to excavation to throat inspection, to blah blah blah. So I feel it. So I know how you know, sometimes on. So I, I, if I recommend, I this is my personal opinion, and I agree with you. Like, you can have other, you know, you can have other, you know, as you know, other skill with your engineering skill combined to have something beautiful, mm-hmm. for example. For example, like you can have a new thing which is innovative, for example, broadcasting, I didn't know, like, I. One year back, if you tell me I'm going to be a podcast, and I didn't know that about that. And the idea would not come like, you know, like an idea, an idea would not come like that. Uh, it will be a for experience. So I agree with you. Test a new thing and try it. For example, the podcast, it was not in my idea last year. And then Ghanim came to me, he said, How about a podcast? I said, Okay. And now I love it. Now it is my passion to do it. Like, you're the next so Joe Rogan. Of life. <laughs> no way. <laughs> No way. <laughs> I never, I never dreamed to be Joe Rogan. I, this is not, I like, I like to spend the bitch yeah. <sighs> and I understand with you, like when you do the podcast, like you amplify the letter and everything. Since you bring mentorship, do you think the mentorship is important? Like, and we have to, you should have at least any injury, you should have mentorship or career coaching, at least in the university or in the school.
1: Uh, yes, I think having a mentor is going to help you plan for a future that you might not see for yourself. And when you actually do identify which area you want to go into, having a mentor, someone that's you know, above you in years of experience is, is very helpful. Um, they can help guide you into areas that you might not know about. They can help guide you on problems that you might be sol- uh, trying to solve yourself. But I I think finding a mentor, whether you're going you know into entrepreneurship, or whether you are in your career, uh, finding a mentor is something that I think is extremely valuable, um, and that everybody should should strive to find. And on the flip side, if you do have experience, you should be a mentor to someone else. Um, you're being I mean to be honest, you started this podcast and you guys are being mentors to others that are out there and listening to you. Um, you know, I don't know how many people listen to our podcast, but people listen, there's, you know, people that are listening to this and they pay attention to your experiences. Uh, and, uh, so it kind of goes both ways. It's very helpful to have a mentor, but if you do have experience in any, any sort of area,
0: I would encourage you to also be a mentor to others. I don't think I can be a good mentor for someone because I don't have, I have short tempers, and I cuss a lot besides a podcast, of course. So, no way. So, if I can be a lecturer for an hour, it will be an hour of cussing before with a bad mentor. So, I don't, that's Well,
1: someone's listening to you. You got a podcast.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, that one of that's a good thing. The podcast. This is I, I tell everyone, it's a, I agree with you. I tell everyone. This is an opinion. You like it if you don't like it. That so you can listen to someone else. <laughs> that's it's that's an opinion. It's a person's opinion. It's not yeah. It's that's an opinion. Like so because really, it's a really this nice discussion. Like <laughs> we all. Like I can't. I can't. I. I'm not. A, I'm not a guru or something to be like. I will be like the the, the, the sauce man. No way. <laughs> that's awesome. Because I, everyone is different. I tell everyone like, everyone. But tell me, give me advice. I tell everyone is different. There's nothing. Maybe it, whatever work with me is never work with you. It never work for other one else. To be honest. So yeah. Yeah,
1: but people love that. See, that's what that's what people love about you is that they're getting your full opinion about things. Like there's nothing to be hid, and that's what they love about it. So I think the more o- open and honest you are, like when you talked about mental health challenges and civil engineering, I bet that was probably one of the most uh, listened to episodes, I bet. Just because people love to hear that kind of raw off- authenticity and being true to who you are and the way things are. So I think that's good. I think it's a good thing. Yo, thank you for that. I feel like you crushed know,
0: me now. <laughs> you brought me a lot now, <laughs> yeah, and to be honest, one of the one of the biggest uh f- listeners was the mental health because no one was talking about yeah. it, yeah, and to be honest, I agree with you, like because we civil injury we don't as injury, we don't talk about mental health a lot, we like tough it, especially I'm a side man, like we tough it out, like if we talk about mental health, we be like weak people, no, we just speak about it and be show sure for information. it's okay, fine, yeah, yeah, it's okay, all if yeah, I agree. no one is perfect at the, end. no one. No one there is no perfect. So any final thoughts from you?
1: Um, well, I, I think that uh, in general, civil engineering is a great field to be in. I, I think also that uh, if you can grid it out, which college is, is kind of rough for people, get through the exams, jump through the hoops. Don't, uh, I, my only advice there is that don't, um, don't think that engineering is the end stop. This is a long career path for people. There are a lot of different avenues to go into. Uh, So if you feel like engineering at the end of your uh, college days is not a good fit for you and you've just gone through all this college work, I would say that if you stick with it, you can find other areas that you can go into. Uh, You can go an entrepreneurial route. You can go into other areas within your own career, whether it's project management or being a manager or even other areas within civil engineering that are outside the box of engineering in general. So there's just a lot of different areas you can go go into. If anybody needs help, you can come find me at civilengineeringacademy.com. You can find me on LinkedIn as well if you just search my name, Isaac Oakson. Uh We also have a YouTube channel, Civil Engineering Academy, if you're looking for some tips, tools, and resources to help you ace your exams as well. So you can find me on there as well. So A lot of different places you can
0: find me, but that's generally where people find me. I agree with you. It's uh, really fantastic, to be honest. And I literally with that, like, if it's engineer not your cup of tea, go find someone else. It's okay. It's it's career to journey at the end. You will jump in that a couple of times. I know many people. I know a couple of my friends already. Mm-hmm. They left engineering and they do something else. It's fine. At the end, if this maybe it's, it is not your cup of tea at the end, no, you don't have to force yourself and you discover yourself after fifty years, like, oh my god, what am I even doing here? No, it's okay, fine. Yeah. It's okay. Yeah, do do what you want to do. Do what you do what, do what you gravitate do to. Do what you love at the end. Yeah, and you yeah. and you will not discover it. Maybe maybe you will discover it later. At, you know, whatever it will not come immediately. Maybe it will come later in life. It's okay. Fine. Really, I really love this. But this was, to be honest, I will tell you, like this is a, one of the best one hour, like I have, like talk with a real engineer, <laughs> with a real talk engineer, with with a real talk, with open talk, like normal engineer, normal. I resonate with you like whatever the jury we do, like work full-time job with a side hustle with every, I know 70% of the jury would do that. <laughs> and if you are shy, no, don't be shy. It's okay. We do it all. So it's okay. So really, thank you. Really appreciate. And I'm sure we're going to put everything in touch or not. Really, thank you. appreciate hey, that.
1: Hey, that sounds great. Thank you guys for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Thank you. really appreciate
0: it. Wow, oh, fantastic. Episode. The, I really loved that, this episode, to be honest. It was one of the greatest episodes to be honest. Like, we have a talk about entrepreneurship and engineering, but it's a side hustle, you know. We have the common thing there. I have got to be honest, I opened a couple of businesses before, but I felt like a side hustle. Yeah, I did that, yeah. And yeah, we we have shared common things like a civil engineer and we do something on a side, always. To be entrepreneurial, we don't think always. Something like on the you know we don't think always something like only we have to do it in on one side. you can do it in the program. Yeah, because I remember like most of the time you know, either you have to work in a firm like consultant or contractor. No, You can go also you know work in the and you can collect some you know something that like but you can have another you know another facts another thing you can have another hobby you can mix them together. Sorry, I mean you can have a good thing like for example, like. The podcast. I never think about it. He will. We will continue 55 hours up. Yeah, and inshallah, this podcast will grow up. And my dream, is to do with this full-time job, to be honest. So really, really fantastic, and really like. Even we have a talk after that. You know, we have some many things that like, can come on, like. You know, with well, we, have, we have even decide we have culturally different, but we have many things that eventually happen common. Yeah. So, do you like the episode and what do you love about it? Do you want to speak Mr. Isaac also again? So, leaving us a review in Apple Podcasts or in Podchaser will be so helpful. In addition, now we have, you know, as we said, we have the community. You can go and check there also. Uh, we will put all the, you know, coming and his podcast and the interview they did with that in our show notes. Thank you, guys, and wishing you the best, and take care, and bye. Yalla, see you was nice to meet you and the member guy we're raised by sharing the knowledge to everyone sharing is caring it was nice to meet you guys and wishing you the best take care guys and wishing you the best you
1: guys have a good, good day and good night thank you